With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome to State of the Nation. I am Steve Hook. Typically, I would be joined by my partner in thought crime, as he calls it, Brian Hesher McLean. But uh, Hesher is out on assignment. The good news is we will be speaking with him uh, at the top of the next hour. So that'll be interesting. We'll chat with him for quite a few minutes and see what he's doing and what he has on his brain and all that. But in the meantime, we've got a big, big show for you today. Hope you had a very happy weekend. It's good to be back with you on TNT Radio. By the way, just a reminder now, you can watch us too, as you well know. I mean, you can watch us on all the streaming uh, apps, uh, not only listen, but watch. Uh, And that's a great thing. We're really all pumped about that here in TNT. It's It's been a big jump and it's going well. So if you haven't checked us out, uh, go to Rumble, go to uh, all your usual video streaming sites, and you can probably find us. And, of course, you can find us on TNTradio.live as well, and maybe you're watching us from there. Anyway, um, we've got a big show, as I mentioned, coming up a little bit later on the program today. We're going to be speaking with our friend Eric Rice. I've also uh, I've also got Eden Gordon-Hill on tap for us. And in the second hour, uh, we've got Cheryl Chumley, and we've also got Andrew Langer. We always love to talk with all of them. So. We will as we as we uh, as we go along here. Lots going on. Very 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 bad bad news for Biden concerning his poll numbers. Now poll numbers are funny because whenever they're going in the right direction for the party in power, uh, the media, especially if it's a Democrat, mind you, the media will always point to them and say, "This is great news. Things are looking good." But whenever they're not going so well. They always use these typical phrases they latch on to, which is, this is just a snapshot in time. And this is, but if we've made, if we've made nothing else clear on this program, we've talked about how Joe Biden uh, is, uh, is not going to get better between now and election time. It's not like he's going to all of a sudden cognitively uh, be, uh, be more with it. I, I highly doubt that even big pharma can help him out with that. I don't think they've got a drug that's going to make him cognitively uh, aware or really even concerned. Uh, He just seems to be a placeholder. But now people are starting to wonder if his place is going to be, if he's going to be able to hold a place for anybody because his numbers are tanking. Uh, And in other news, Jack Smith, who of course is a complete, uh, the guy is just a, uh, is just an absolute horrible uh, public official. I mean, he's been, he's a, just a, a partisan as far as prosecutors go. Well, get this. Special counsel Jack Smith has asked SCOTUS, that's right, the Supreme Court, to rule on whether former President Donald Trump can be prosecuted on charges relating to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. Um, This is uh, upsetting, but it's, it's also par for the course with someone like Jack Smith. I just remind you of what happened when Gore, the Gore Bush uh, campaign. Did did anybody try and prosecute Al Gore for saying the election was uh, was not legit? For that matter, did anybody ever try and prosecute Hillary Clinton for saying that her prosecution or her uh, election and failed election attempt 
uh, was not legit. They both complained about it. And let's not forget Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. Hell, as far as she's concerned, uh, she's the rightful heir to the gubernatorial seat in Georgia and should have been governor for years now. Of course, Brian Kemp won that race, and she, even today, will still claim that the race was fixed and rigged against her. So the fact that Jack Smith would do this, this is another example of the process is the punishment. Uh, They're just making Trump do all this. They're trying to keep him off the campaign trail. I don't know how that's going to hurt him because God knows they're not going to put Biden on the campaign trail. So I don't know what it's going to do to help his case any, but they're doing everything they can to dirty Trump up. Um, this is what, this is what Smith said in his Monday filing. So he filed this this morning because a federal judge had earlier ruled that the prosecution could move forward, though Trump's legal team has vowed to appeal that ruling. So Smith decided to jump the gun and go straight to SCOTUS. He says, quote, the case presents a fundamental question at the heart of our democracy, whether a former president is absolutely immune from federal prosecution for crimes committed while in office, or is he constitutionally protected from federal prosecution when he has been impeached but not convicted before the criminal proceedings begin? This is what he's trying to say. Now, I guess what he's, I guess his point is, well, he was a president, so does he get automatic immunity? Well, like I said, what about, what about Stacey Abrams? What about Al Gore? What about Hillary Clinton? What about every single Democrat that loses an election that then turns around and says, hey, it was rigged. That's what they're going after Trump for. He said it was rigged. The Washington election interference case is one of four indictments, four indictments, prosecution. Remember, process is the punishment. The process is the punishment. So the Washington election interference case is one of four indictments to hit Trump over this past year. He also faces charges of mishandling classified documents. You'll notice that nothing is being said about Biden, who not only did he have classified documents, but he had classified documents from dating back to when he was a senator. He should have never even had those documents. Is Jack Smith going to look at that? No. Is Merrick Garland going to look at that? No. Is anybody in any of the three-letter agencies going to look at that? No. Trump, though, he's a special case. Tell you what it comes down to, folks. They are mortified of what Trump will do should he get into office again. And they're mortified for good reason, because Trump has made it abundantly clear that he's going to go after these folks. And they don't want that. So they're going to throw everything up against the wall and see what sticks. And in this case, it's four fraudulent cases against him. I mean, I you know, and by the way, Trump was going to testify tomorrow. He had said he was going to testify in open court in this New York case. Last night, he pulled the rug out from under him and said, guess what? I'm not going to testify after all. This is what he posted to, uh, to Truth Social, his his uh, his uh, webs, uh, you know, his uh, social media site. He says, "Everyone knows I have very successfully and conclusively testified in the corrupt Biden-directed New York State Attorney's General's rigged trial against me. World-renowned experts." highly respected bank and insurance executives, real estate professionals, as well as as others, both honest and credible, have stated clearly and unequivocally that I have, and my very successful company, did nothing wrong. My financial statements were conservative, liquid, and extraordinary. (laughs) 
that's just so that's just so Trump. But and you know, Trump is gonna Trump. So, you know, we can all kind of roll our eyes at Trump with this brash way he is, but people we've known who he is since the 80s, for God's sakes. And really, what did they do? I ask you this because it's it's obvious what's going on here. They're trying to derail him because they fear him. New York Attorney General Letitia James, she's seeking $250 million in damages and trying to bar Trump from doing business in a city that he largely helped you know, build the skyline for, New York City. They're trying to destroy him in every possible way. Whether you like Trump, loathe Trump, or are indifferent about Trump is pretty much irrelevant. This is the weaponization of law against a man that they cannot stand and against a man that they really genuinely fear. They fear what he will do. They fear, fear prosecution. They fear that he will expose. I won't even call it the deep state because that gets so many people go, oh, yeah, you're into that deep state crap. No, no, it's, it's, it's the bureaucratic state. It's 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 the folks that have grown roots inside the federal government and in some cases inside state governments. And Trump has a possibility of exposing them all. They've done a good job of exposing themselves, by the way. But that's why they're going after Trump so hard. If Trump wins, they lose. And I don't just mean they lose an election. They lose an awful lot. So it's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see how this case goes forward. Not just the Jack Smith case, but the Letitia James case. And, of course, we can't forget about Fannie Willis down in Georgia. All of these things. The cover-up is ramping up, and the media and the Democrats are doing everything in their power uh, to keep Trump under the spotlight while completely ignoring all of the misdeeds of Biden. Hey, by the way, if you missed your favorite uh, TNT radio show or interview, all you got to do is listen back. It's pretty simple. Wherever, whenever you want, just visit the episodes page at TNT Radio website. We're on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now, there's no reason at all for you to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's bring uh, Ruckus, our friend uh, uh, Adam Clark, into the mix here. This is an interesting one. Over the weekend, Biden announced that he has invited Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky for a meeting in the White House this week. I think that's going to happen tomorrow, right, Ruckus? Hey, buddy, welcome to State of the Nation. What's going on, man? Spoiler alert, Steve. Come on, man. You ruined it for everybody. Yeah, it's Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre made the announcement about this upcoming visit in a statement issued just Sunday afternoon, just yesterday. Came out of nowhere, I suppose. Um, let's see, according to the statement, quote, President Biden has invited President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine to the White House for a meeting on Tuesday, December 12th, to underscore the United States' unshakable commitment to supporting the people of Ukraine as they defend themselves against Russia's brutal invasion. As Russia ramps up its missile and drone strikes against Ukraine, the leaders will discuss Ukraine's urgent needs and the vital importance of the United States' continued support at this critical moment, end quote. The upcoming visit will actually mark Mr. Zelensky's third 
trip to Washington since the war in Ukraine began. And it arrives at a critical juncture in congressional negotiations over emergency aid for Ukraine. Um, however, sadly, progress in that department has come to a halt due to the deadlock over tiring, tying immigration and border policy changes to the aid package. <clears throat> Presumably by making an appearance, uh, he might be able to shift uh, the, the winds, as it were, uh, in the sails taking place there in this discussion in Congress. He visited last time. His most recent visit was just in September. Um, uh, well, I believe was that that was just yeah. He was in the at the UN General Assembly summit uh, at that time. Biden was pressing Congress for twenty four billion dollars in additional assistance to uh, the war torn nation. Uh, and of course, currently Congress has yet to greenlight more aid. Now that asking is hovering around $61 billion, according to a sprawling $106 billion supplemental that the White House availed in October, featuring support for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and the border. Talks over further aid to Ukraine have been crippled by stark divisions between party lines here over how to proceed on the border provisions, of course, uh, Republicans being adamant that more aid to Ukraine uh, should be paired with bolstered border security. Uh, Senators James Lankin, uh, Lankford uh, from Oklahoma, Republican, and uh, Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, are leading the discussions on the Senate side. This is the Senate's final scheduled week of legislating this year, which elevates the stakes to hash out a deal. So, Steve, what do you think? Do you think this uh, sudden announcement, this uh, unexpected visit by Zelensky is uh, a political move to try to nail home the, the 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 aid, obviously. But what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They're trying to say you're not going to deny this little fella. Look at him; he's in fatigues. He's got his hat in his hand. Come on, how can it? It's just it's it is. Of course, it's political. It's a uh, it's it's a uh, dog and pony show. Uh, trying to get more money. I mean, how many of we get them? What, 107 billion, something like that, so far, and they want more, and yet th they will not spend the money on securing our own border. I just hope the House House Republicans, and for that matter, a growing number of House uh, senators, uh, hold firm on this and say, "Look, if you want even one penny more uh, for the uh, for, for the Ukrainian cover-up war that you're waging here, not a war you're planning on winning, just a war you want to continue with." Uh, before you get one more penny of that, you're going to seal our drum like a, or seal our border like a drum, and I just, I just don't think that that's in the cards for Biden. And I think then, you know what's going to happen here, Ruckus? See, see I want to see if you agree with me. This is going to turn into a blame game because Zelensky is going to come here. Republicans are probably going to hold firm because politically speaking, it is wise of them to hold firm. Polls show that Americans are are just disgusted about this border. And then uh, Zelensky's going to go home, and then Biden's going to say we would have given him money, but apparently the uh, the Russians are in Putin's back pocket or some crap like that. What do you think? Why? It's funny you mentioned a poll. There was another brand new poll directly related to this. It was a survey conducted by the Financial Times and the Michigan Ross Business School found 48% of American citizens said they believed the United States is spending too much money on military and financial aid for Ukraine. So, you know, maybe we should switch back to where the lawmakers start paying attention to what the people want, since we're the ones that allegedly, supposedly, 
from what I understand, uh, call me a conspiracy theorist. Don't we write their checks? Don't we pay for them to do their jobs? Shouldn't they be listening to their constituents, Steve? Uh, I think our country is sick and tired of all of this money disappearing into this black hole uh, with zero accountability. And uh, they would prefer to see it spent on matters here at home, including securing that border. So let's get with the yeah. program, people. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you anymore. And that's exactly right. Americans are sick of it. It's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, they said, oh, well, they're going to disconnect it from Israel and Ukraine and all that. At least from Israel, we get something. We have weapons uh, that they help design. But with Ukraine, there's zero oversight. You know, people are making money hand over fist over there. It was and still is the most corrupt country in Eastern Europe, war or no war. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. But I'm sure that everybody will be happy to have a picture with uh, with with President Z uh, as he wears his fatigues. And, uh, you know, it's we'll see where it goes. But I appreciate it, uh, Ruckus, as always, my friend. Thank you for that story. And I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow after the uh, after the visit goes down. I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. But Adam, thank you very much, my friend. Have a wonderful day. Hi, Steve. You too. Take care. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Well, there he goes. That's Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. You're listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Stick around. Our first guest, Eric Rice, joins me next on TNT Radio. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, you're listening and perhaps even watching State of the Nation. I am Steve Hook as Brian Hesher McLean continues to do some, well, some work off site, but we will be chatting with him next hour. So we look forward to that. The Biden administration is desperately trying to put lipstick on this pig it calls the economy, and they're continuing to brace the idiotic term. Bidenomics. You'll recall Bidenomics was a joke term. Uh, Biden thought, oh, I know what, we'll take this, we'll turn it around, we'll use it. I don't think it's working, though. Most people are not at all happy with the economy. Here to discuss the truth about the economy and the pain that Americans are feeling, especially this time of year, as everybody's buying Christmas and Hanukkah gifts, is the chief growth officer at King Operating, our dear friend, friend of the program, Eric Rice. Hello, Eric. How are you, sir? Welcome back to State of the Nation. How are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? 
I'm doing good, man. It's always nice to see you. How's things in uh, the Lone Star State? It's chilly today. Wow, it is. It has gotten very, very cold in the last couple of days. But welcome to Texas. You blink your eyes. You have a whole new weather system in about five minutes. Yeah, we're getting kind of we're getting a blast of Arctic weather here as well. But uh, it's always good to have you on the program. I want to talk with you, uh, Eric, about the economy specifically because uh, to listen to Biden and uh, administration officials tell it. We're doing great. We're just doing good. We're off to the races here. Now, most Americans don't agree with that. And then you've got some in the media saying, well, Americans don't understand the economy. That's the problem. Americans don't get it. We're actually doing way better. Well, Charles Payne over at Fox Business says, like it or not, the USA is probably heading towards recession. And that is because of the inflation rate, even though it's gone down a tick. It hasn't gone down anywhere nearly as much as it needs to. What do you think about that? Recession? Yay, nay? Where are you at? Well, if if we are heading into a recession, it would be a second consecutive back-to-back recession. So we've already been in one. You know, we've already had two declining quarters. Then you had the GDP right before the midterm election, which was completely rigged by the sale of natural gas from American producers overseas. We're starting to see the same exact thing with oil. People don't realize that uh, last week our government stated boldly that our number one export last quarter was oil. We are selling our oil to other countries at a discount in order to save the price at the pump. And that couldn't be a more dangerous scenario, especially after looking at Black Friday. You know, on Black Friday, over a billion dollars transacted on buy now, pay later terms. And most people don't know what that means. So let's think of it economically. You're buying online, which means you're using a debit or a credit card. I think 79% of transactions online are done through a credit card. And then you're getting a layaway program with your credit card. So people are using credit on top of credit to buy things that they're going to give to other people that they probably don't need during the Christmas season, while our government is actually selling out our energy from right underneath our feet in order to save their neck during an election season. We are, in my opinion, we are in a recession. We have never exited that recession. And that's very evident by the fact that during our inflation reporting numbers, the CPI, they've excluded food and fuel. So as long as you don't eat or don't have to go anywhere, then inflation's not too bad. But if you have to eat and you have to go somewhere, inflation right now is probably around 18 to 20 percent. They just don't want to mention that number uh, as Trump builds his numbers up in the, in the election season coming up. <laughs> So, it's it's so, idiocracy. We live in pure idiot. The one thing these Democrats have said that's actually correct is that most Americans don't understand the economy. That's a true statement. You know, we don't teach economics in school. We teach, yeah. uh, you know, gender equality. So this is not like an accident. This is definitely by design. They've desensitized and, and, and you know, for all intensive purposes, I know that's not a popular word, but they've retarded the American education system uh, to a point where people do not understand even how to balance a checkbook. They just think that money comes out of nowhere, which it does in this country, uh, and that you can spend it on whatever you want and live in, you know, bottles and models in a hot tub and everything's fine. It's 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 just yeah. a repetitive cycle that's grown worse over 20 years. And you talk about the, uh, the fact that people are putting all this stuff on a credit card. Um, and we also know that the debt, the, the credit, I mean, the, uh, the debt rather for most American families has gone through the roof because of that. I think a lot of Americans don't know how the, 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 uh, the, the, the economy works on a macro scale, but most of us can look at our own budgets and say, Oh boy, these ends aren't meeting quite as easily as they used to. And I agree with you. I think we've been in a recession and, 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 and here's proof of it, Eric. Every other month, they're coming out and saying, oh, we're revising those August numbers. 
They never revise them to the positive, do they? It's always worse. It's, oh, it's not as good as we thought. But we're telling you three weeks later or three months later in most cases. And so people just kind of have forgotten about it. So we've just really been kind of treading water ever since the man stepped into office, huh? Well, you remember when when Biden got into office, the first thing they said was the adults are back in the White House, right? So uh, just that mentality, that thinking means that they believe they're the adults and that we're the children. So when things are really bad and you have a nine-year-old kid, do you sit there and say, hey, mom and I aren't going to be able to make you know rent this month. Things are getting hard. No, you, you tell the kid a white lie so they feel good. That's what's happening. That's what they mean by the adults are back in the room. That means that the children are still stupid. So as we go through this, we look at like credit card, credit card debt in this country is $1.1 trillion accumulating at 28.4%. That's an unsustainable number for a small nation, yet alone the citizens of one country. We're approaching 34 trillion in, in the budgetary deficit or the, the budgetary debt of this country. Uh, by the year 2035, they're saying that we'll be at a 200% debt to income ratio as a nation. This country is in ridiculously bad, dire straits that you can't even imagine. And no one's telling you this. You know, I called it a year and a half ago when, when Nord, or a year ago when Nord Stream 1 and 2 blew up. I said it's probably going to be us because they want to keep our prices down and sell it to Europe. It's exactly what they did. They're doing the same thing right now, telling the American public that we're producing more oil in this country than we ever have when two to three rigs come off the market every week because the economics aren't there. It's not the price isn't high enough for people to drill. They're not making money with it. So, you know, some are. But at the same time, when we look at the debt scenario in this country, it's costing Americans almost $11,500 a year more just to live their life the same way they did in 2020. That's a telling right. story by itself. And here's the kicker yeah. with inflation, Steve, that nobody talks about is the constant ratchet, right? So, so I talked to my father who's 78 years old and I said, hey, listen, I want you to think back in your entire life. Every recession you've ever been in, consumer prices go up, right? That's always, that's always, the, that's always what they tell you. But in reality, Consumer prices aren't going up. The value of the dollar is going down. But I digress. Have those prices after a recession ends ever gone down? And the answer yeah. he said was not that I can remember. Right. So we're constantly living in this cycle. You know, it, most of here's here's a great thing for anyone in any nation around the world, because I know there's a lot of viewers in Australia. If your nation can print money out of thin air, why are you paying taxes? Really ask that question. Yeah. If they can print it for free out of nowhere, why is anyone paying real assets with time, treasures, and talents back to a system that prints it out of thin air? Uh, that's yeah. that's a, a big push I'm going to make in 2024 is really getting out there and educating the people on the fact that our taxes are the first form of inflation in our life. Not the last, they're the first. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's obviously a hidden tax. People are feeling it every day, even if they can't quite put their finger on it. Eric, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to do a headline break here. But when we come back, I want to talk about that. Is is the American uh, public being intentionally dumbed down in order to keep this stupid progressive fantasy world, this utopian nirvana that we're all supposed to achieve? Uh, is that why we're being intentionally dumbed down? Because it certainly seems like it, at least to me. Uh, we'll handle that on the other side. My guest is Eric Rice. From King Operating, and you are listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. We'll be right back after these headlines. What a news day this is turning out to be. Wait, 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 wait till you hear this. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 
A Hamas spokesman suggested Sunday that the terror organization could kill all of the presumed 137 hostages in its custody if Israel does not accede to its demands. In New Zealand, over 500 electric vehicles produced in China by Great Wall Motor are being recalled due to a software issue. In central Mexico, a violent confrontation between members of a well-known drug cartel and inhabitants of a small farming community resulted in 14 fatalities, including the cartel leader. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Okay, you're back with State of the Nation and me, Steve Hook, and my guest is Eric Rice. Eric, thank you for hanging in. Now, I asked right before we took that headline, if the American public, uh, and specifically younger generations in school, um, whether they're public schools or whether they're colleges and universities, uh, are being intentionally dumbed down with regards to the economy. We know we've seen evidence of this with regards to our, our Constitution, with regards to our history, traditions, and all this, just kind of basically not teaching it anymore. Uh, civics class I'm referring to. But is the same thing happening with the economy, you suspect? Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it's happening in every category. I mean, you can look at, like, there's all kinds of videos online that have, uh, I forget the the guy's name, but there's somebody on either TikTok or Instagram that goes to Times Square and asked, you know, people between probably 16 and 25 basic questions. Who was the first president? How many states do we have? What hemisphere do we exist in? And they can't answer those questions, yet alone understanding how foreign derivatives work or what a U.S. Treasury is. Uh, And I can tell you that this is the case all across the board. I did a research study uh, where I looked at history books from 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, all the way up to current day. And I looked at and I I only did this on a very small scale. I wanted to look at World War II information, right? information about Nazis. And it shrunk from about a 70 page section in the 60s down to four pages today. So they're absolutely erasing history. So part of history is understanding, like, I, I believe that every high school student should read The Creature from Jekyll Island, every single one of them. And most of this country hasn't heard of it. Matter of fact, I talked to a gentleman the other day who sits with you know Ken Paxton and some other really important people in the state of Texas, and he had never read the book before. He's in his 60s. You know, so if you're not paying attention to history, it's doomed to repeat itself. And we are walking right into pretty much every other fiat system that's ever existed since the French Revolution. They all end the same way. A great book out there called The Fourth Turning everyone should read. We're pretty much in year 79 of an 80-year turning. And if you look at education from a school's perspective, all you have to do is look at universities and then scale down. I think three weeks ago, they launched a class for, for an obvious tactic being used for, for elections right now, which is Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and football. There are now four universities that parents take out loans to send their kids to who have classes, like sanctioned full credit classes on Taylor Swift's song lyrics. You know, if we, if we exist in this fantasy bubble that we find ourselves in, it's almost like at this point, you have to educate yourself, every single person in any country, not just this country, this is happening across the world. And Friday, they did a report on the American IQ, which has lost 1.5 points on the overall IQ. So we went from 97 on an average IQ down to 90, 95.5 or whatever it was, 96, 
Uh, doesn't sound like much, but across 330 million people, losing one and a half points on an overall blended average of IQ is a really bad sign. And IQs can be lifted, which means that people aren't challenged. Why would you challenge yourself when you can push a button and play a game or you can push a button and watch videos on dogs and cats? And we've convinced uh, everyone in this country that your emotions matter more than facts. So why would you study facts? You just need to focus in on yourself and your emotions. That's literally where we at. But economically, uh, I mean, I taught my kids. I literally took out five $20 bills and I said, imagine you make $100. As soon as you get your paycheck, government takes 40. Then you buy this and it costs that. You know, our average dollar is taxed 114 times, 114 yeah. different times between sales tax and everything else. And people say nothing about it. So if you don't understand how someone's stealing from you, you certainly don't have a basic understanding on how you profit from that. And yeah. in this country by itself, the education system is the main culprit. And I tell you what, they've been coming under withering attack for all kinds of reasons lately, and they deserve it. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, poison Ivy League presidents, or whether it's just public school, uh, public school, um, you know, teachers unions, uh, they deserve everything they get. Now, the creature from Jekyll Island—that's all. I, I know. I've never read it. I'll be honest with you, but I know kind of what it's about. It's about the Federal Reserve. And, yes. and and that kind of goes to what you were talking about, about printing money out of thin air. Well, of course, that's going to create inflation. I mean, goodness gracious. I But but maybe, Eric, if there is a silver lining here, some people are paying attention because they're voting with their feet. They're leaving these outrageously high tax states like California, New York, New Jersey, uh, and other blue states, and they're moving to states that have no, like, for example, Florida has no sales tax at all. And you go down there and you save money that way. So I guess in some ways people are figuring it out. No. Well, not according to Gavin Newsom in his debate with uh, Ron DeSantis. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the guys that, you know, when you talk about all time greats, like people say Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all, Gavin Newsom might be the greatest liar of all time. He said on their point blank, he's like, our taxes are lower than Florida. I mean, he said it four or five times. It was just astounding. And people where I left, people in California actually buy into, they believe it. They want to reelect the guy. They think he's doing a great job. We have, we have beyond a, a lack of education problem. We have a lack of critical thinking problem. People are not diagnosing how this happens. You know, I, I still remember when I was a kid, I think uh, maybe like 12 years old, I saw the newspaper and it said, you know, the government just printed back then it was like a, a billion dollars, like a ridiculous amount of money, which is now, you know, that's a billion dollars. That's like Thursday. You know, we right now we are literally printing $1.2 billion per day in this country, per day, every day, 1.2 billion. We've printed one point, or excuse me, $2.89 trillion since the debt ceiling meeting. And people just look at it and say, oh, well, there's more money in the system. That must be a good thing. Not realizing how scarcity works. You know, right now yeah. there's a huge movement started by Bitcoiners, to be honest with you a huge movement for people to really understand what fiat currency is and how it actually imprisons you. Uh, because we have people right now volunteering to give up their rights. Al Gore was just talking the other day that people who s say something counter to the mainstream narrative should be, should be censored, that that's bad for our democracy. And just for everyone listening, when you listen to tyrants on TV use the term our democracy, they're not talking about the democracy that you and I live in, Steve. They're talking about the tyrannical democracy, the Soviet-style democracy that they're running right now. So is there is there a way out of this? Yes, anger. Anger yeah. is a, there's a really good book about all this stuff about, called Power Versus Force that I read years ago. And it talks about the escalation of emotions and how they drive action uh, as one of the facets. But when people get angry, they start to build courage. 
And it takes a lot of courage in this world to, to talk against the norm and to be totally honest at all times, especially when people are, you know, we have adults in this country, Steve. This is one of the funniest things that I've seen. We have adults that use the term triggered, right? Like I, that <laughs> triggers me. I'm triggered. Where did this monstrosity yeah. come from? When I was a kid, you could say whatever you wanted. You had to learn how to take a punch, not tell somebody not to punch you. And if we continue yeah. to live in a soft world like this, where people are triggered by truth, uh, the outcome of that has never been good throughout the entire history of mankind. Well, you're not kidding there. And you're right, triggered. I mean, when somebody yeah. says that to me, I'm like, I don't give a rip. Be triggered. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I actually have really a trigger is. count in my office, you know, at work. Like I have a, I have a little sheet where I kind of do the, you know, four notches and then one across. Uh, it, triggering triggering people should be part of the process at this point. And so, as long as it's honest, don't be a jerk about it. But if you're telling someone the truth and they get triggered by it, keep track. You'll lose track after a while because it gets burdensome to continually try to remember what it is that you said that triggered somebody. But it's just crazy right now. Crazy. I, you know, I, I think it is, Eric. We're, we're going to let you go. I'll, I'll give you the last word on this, but this is all I'm going to say. I don't disagree with you that hearing adults talking about being triggered, hearing colleges and university offering classes on understanding Taylor Swift's lyrics, it does make you think we're living in idiocracy. But I'm starting to kind of get the sense uh, that the worm is turning here in the country. People are figuring this out. And if you take a look at at, at, at the at the poll numbers, now I know poll numbers, now it's a snapshot in time, quote unquote. But I think just anecdotally, people, you talk to them at the grocery store and you can just hear people say under their breath as they put a gallon of milk in their in their shopping cart, Jesus Christ, I can't believe how much it costs. So maybe uh, people leaving these high-tax states and maybe people kind of uttering under their breath they can't believe this BS, maybe that's kind of the, uh, the, the, the you know, that, that's kind of letting us know that things are going possibly in the right direction come next election season. Is that what you're hopeful for? Yeah, absolutely. I tell people all the time, the the anti-Trumpers, I'm like, listen, just just give it till next October. By this time next October, 90% of this country will want him in office, even if they don't like him. Just watch yeah. the way things are going. You know, time, uh, this time, like all times will pass, uh, all of them have. But the, the best thing that I'm seeing right now is the awakening of the lions, right? We have a very sheepish nation, very sheepish. Yeah. And we're starting to see lions pop up all over the country. People starting to, a light bulb will click in their brain and they're trying to educate. Our system is never going to educate us on how to destroy a system that enslaves us. So yeah. we have to look at it from the perspective of how do we work with one another? And there's nothing more unifying in an entire country than an economic disaster led by liars who are being caught in lies on a daily basis for someone to turn around and say, whoever will tell me the truth, that's who I'll vote for, whether it's good or bad. And at the same time, you know, each one of us have a duty to be able to learn on a regular basis what's happening in the world and share it with one another. It's a it's a huge piece of the puzzle. This is a the turnaround of America will be a grassroots movement. The government will not do this. You need to educate yourself, educate other people and continually share whatever information you've learned. And that turns everything around. Well, Eric Rice, listen, I want to thank you for giving us some time. That's the message of the day. Be a lion, not a sheep. And I'd like to think that uh, more and more people are going to start roaring as we get closer to the election. God bless you, Eric. As always, brother, thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to doing it with you again, man. Have a great, great day. Thank you. God bless you, Steve. Thank you. All right. Take care. There he goes. That's Eric Rice. Again, he's a chief growth, uh, chief growth officer at King Operating.
Uh, you're watching and listening to State of the Nation with me, Steve Hook. We're going to take a quick break. We come back on the other side of it. We'll be joined by our friend Eden Gordon-Hill on TNT Radio coming up next. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, Elon Musk, the owner of X, was asked about the boycott uh, of advertisers like Disney and Apple who have pulled off the site after he uh, retweeted an anti-Semitic tweet and for some other reasons. And uh, he didn't hold back in his response. Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. And he says that if the boycott forces X to close up shop, the public will know who to blame. What this advertising boycott is uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that that... Uh, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But they're going to say that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? Let's that's see, that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. Earth to Elon, only time will tell. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. I tell my son, I love you every single day. Now, my dad has never said that to me. Not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Very happy to welcome our friend Eden Gordon-Hill back to the program. She is from EdenGordonMedia.com and, of course, the radio host of the All-American Book Club on WMAL out of D.C., uh, and Eden Gordon-Hill, hello, how are you today? <laughs> happy, happy, happy holidays. Or can I say Merry Christmas to you, Steve? Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, well, well, listen, let me just say this. Thank you for that wonderful package of books that you mailed me. And oh. I, I, yeah, I got them and I love them. I absolutely, I absolutely love them. And also, I wanted to th uh, throw thanks for Brian because Brian's not here today. But he knew I was going to be chatting with you, and he called me up and he said, do me a favor and thank Eden for me and tell her I love them. And I said, well, I'm going to tell her that for myself. I'll tell her that for you, too. So thank oh, you, thank Eden. That was Oh, absolutely. All-American Book Club. What could I not do but send a great Christmas card and send you some absolutely amazing books? I have to tell you, though, in this audience... I'm so short. I'm vertically challenged. I'm literally sitting on a stack of books as we speak because the last time <laughs> I did this shoot with you guys, they said, you're too short. I said, why can't they make telephone books and Sears catalogs anymore? So that is what I'm sitting on. Another stack of books that yet that need to be mailed. So I hope you're enjoying them and Merry Christmas to you guys. It's one of my favorite things to do. Sending to the people that support my show. I get to support your show and get to bring amazing pro-America guests 
to State of the Nation, TNT, and I'm so honored. Thank you. Well, uh, we we really do thank you. It was a, it was a uh, an unexpected care package, and when I saw the books, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read that one. I'm going to love that one. Oh, I can give this <laughs> one to my I can give this one to my nephew. The 21 Steps book, which is brilliant. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, yes. that was, of course, is the book all about the Tomb of the Unknowns. So I, I, again, thanks again. Now you started off this segment by wishing me happy holidays, and then you quickly switched to Merry Christmas. And it I did. Like it, you know, Eden, it's become kind of a tradition here in the States to talk about the war on Christmas. Now, the left rolls their eyes, the media rolls their eyes, but the fact is, mm-hmm. it's true. And it's not just a war on Christmas, it's a war on Christians, specifically. It is. And I was I was just looking, I mean, and, and it's really ugly, and I don't care. There's some folks that just say, oh, get over it. Well, no, I'm not going to get over it. Because they're trying to do what they've all, but I was just talking to Eric Rice about the way they're trying to kind of dumb us down as far as yes, finances are yes. concerned, the economy, they're dumbing us uh-huh. down on our, on our civics, our traditions. And they're also trying to go after Christians for living by their faith. And I just saw this article and I want to get your take on it. The United mm-hmm. States government, the Biden administration has just issued the largest fine ever imposed on a college Mm -hmm. because they are not following the, I guess it's the DEI and they're saying, Oh, they they said, Oh, you lied about, but which is all crap. But let me just explain this to the audience. Yes. The the Obama, the Obama, there's a Freudian slip. The Biden, the Biden, Biden. yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) Biden administration. Good point. $37.5 million fine to uh, GCU, which is Grand Canyon University. Uh, and it's outrageous. It's a private Christian school, and it's affordable. And the government is going after them to the tune of $37.5 million. To put that in perspective, $2.4 million was assessed to Penn State for covering up the pedophile football mm-hmm. coach, Jerry Sandusky. $4.5 mm-hmm. was fined to Michigan State University uh, because they covered up Larry Nasser, who now sits in prison for the rest of his life for groping and sexually abusing uh, the athletes in his care, namely gymnasts, female gymnasts. And so 4.5 million and 2.4 million and Grand Canyon University gets assessed a fine of 37.5 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, a Christian private college. What is your take on all of this? Well, when I first read the article, I was honestly skimming through something that had happened to me about a week ago. And it was the fact that I was wishing somebody I'd never met before Merry Christmas. So let me wrap this really quickly for you. And they gave me an instant look of how dare you say something to me like that. And I looked at my husband and I said, what was that? I said, I know we live in Podunk, North Carolina, but what was that? I can say Merry Christmas to anybody I want. So I tested it out again and I went to another location. It was actually a Starbucks. I know a lot of people are against Starbucks. And I said to the guy, I said, can I ask you something? Do you mind if I say Merry Christmas to you? He's like, absolutely not. I was like, good, because I was going to anyway, but I wanted to hear your reaction. I said, I had the most crazy reaction the other day. The person I said it to gave me the look of death, like they were evil, like it just it just totally totally overtook them. And they did not 
say anything to me after that. My point in saying this is this Biden administration is censoring our universities that are Christian. It's censoring anything that has to do with a faith and especially a Christian faith. As I've been working with Turning Point USA, I'm not an official representation, but I have the honor through Eden Gordon Media and also WMAL to put on events with Turning Point USA. And in the past couple months, we have focused on the Ivy League schools. We've focused on some military schools. We've focused on engaging all of these different schools that are building chapters. And I'm so proud of the Turning Point USA brand. But here's the issue. As soon as they found out they were a Turning Point USA chapter, they the school instantly said, no, we don't want you here. No. And this was this was different departments saying these things. I heard it the, throughout the whole fall from different universities. And if you want me to cite them, I will gladly because these are the universities that need to be fined, not Grand Canyon University. These are the yeah. universities that are censoring Christian faith. They're censoring pro-America. They're censoring those who believe in this country. And look what just happened in Congress in Elise Stefanik working oh, with, you know, you know, her questioning was phenomenal. I can't stand what SNL did to her. Her question yeah. was phenomenal. And you look at UMass, you look at MIT, and you look at the Harvard presidents. What an embarrassment. Okay, I'm a woman. Yes, I can say that. I'm a woman. And that was an embarrassment to a woman in leadership from my perspective. And everybody's talking about everything that they didn't say, but them just sitting there and a common sense person. I've worked hard to get where I'm at with my leadership. And that was a flat out embarrassment to this nation and to the higher education systems. So, you know, it's interesting how going back to O'Biden, how he is censoring all of us. He's censoring those in the public square who want to stand up for their faith. This is just another example of what is coming down the pike if we do not get back into the office a conservative Republican president. And what is that going to take? Americans standing up and going and voting and getting their voices out there and not being afraid to be censored. Because I'm hearing yeah. it from A to Z. These universities, yeah. these groups, they are not recognizing them because of what they stand up for and what they believe in. It those, really is. It really diversity. is ugly. It yeah, really is it really ugly. Is. And, and and you know, and this is why it's so. It, it, I I don't know what why it is that. Um, well, I guess I know why it is that, that these people in these elite universities and colleges are trying to do this because they can't stand this country, can't stand the traditions, can't stand the morals, can't stand right. conservatism at all. So, so right. I get it. But after Elise Stefanik dressed down those three presidents, one Liz yes. McGill from UPenn. She lost her job, but not really. She's just no, not going to no. be the president anymore. She's still right. got a tenured professorship there. She's still going to be making well over, well into the six figures a year. And she's now she's just going to be hidden, tucked away and taken care of. And just don't right. worry. As soon as we get through this, we're going to bring back more of the rabid uh, hatred that you want to espouse on this campus about everything, whether it's Christians, whether it's uh, Israel, whatever it may be. Right. Uh, right. It really is. I'm starting to sense, though, you know, um, Eden, I'm starting to sense that people are just getting, I think Elise Stefanik was genius. And what mm -hmm. she did, yes. and I think it's going to have long-lasting uh, ramifications for these colleges, she exposed them. I mean, they exposed yeah. themselves. but yeah, she really kinda, did. She, she really kind of forced the issue on them. I know that the only reason Liz McGill lost her job 
is because a private donor said, guess what? A hundred million dollar check that I was going to write, that's gone. And boy, it wasn't 48 hours later, she was let go. So it was all about the money to them, not the ethics. Right. Well, here's the other thing. So I say to, so I just got a call before we hopped on here from my godson, who's 16. He's just getting his driver's license. He's so excited. And I know he is excited to go on college tours. But my question to the audience and my question I'm throwing back to you is this. Do we say to this next generation, you need to go to college, you need to get a college education? Do you do we really believe in that now? Because if we send them to some place like Grand Canyon University, Liberty University, Regent University, where we know they're going to get an education that's not filled with this woke indoctrination, but yet they're going to be assaulted on so many different levels for their beliefs and what they stand up for. Or do we say, no, go to go to Harvard, go to UMass, go to these great schools and get that, you know, build up that student debt and learn all about communism and authoritarianism and learn about what this country is going to look like. Is that what we're doing now? Is that so what do we say to these parents and say, what do we send our kids now? What do we do? Do we send them to trade school? The options are very limited. And I did listen to your previous interview. And he had a phenomenal point. I'm done with Taylor Swift. I'm done with her. <laughs> you know, I, I am sitting there saying, this is what our girls are looking up to. Okay, you're you're handling the Kansas City Chiefs. You're giving them the marketing they dreamed of. But what are you doing for these young girls and their young minds? Uh, they can't be on stage like the rest, like, like you. So my question is, what are we doing for these kids? Where are we going to send them, Steve? What are, I yeah, mean, well, I'm you know, but you know, Eden, this is exactly why Elise Stefanik's questioning was so brilliant mm-hmm. because while, while you are fully versed on the hate agenda from a lot of the elites, especially at these yeah. uh, poison Ivy league schools and, and some of the elite universities, a lot of people were not. They were just kind of blindly, blithely walking through life, not aware of the fact, because in their close circle of friends, they say Merry Christmas. They think good things yeah. about the foundations of this country. And they've been they've they've avoided a lot of this. Elise Stefanik just kind of put it on a platter and said, here's what it looks like. And I think a lot of people were absolutely stunned by it. Absolutely. Well, let me let me talk about Harvard for a real quick second. So I got accepted in a Harvard extension and love some of the classes that I had the opportunity to take. And my husband wore his Harvard University sweatshirt to down to the point where it, he can't wear it anymore. And he'd always get, oh, oh, you went to Harvard. He's like, come on, I'm a redneck. I did not go to Harvard if you just listen to me speak. But he said, but he said to me the other day, he's like, I need a new sweatshirt, a new Harvard sweatshirt. He's like, well, wait a second. I'm seeing everything that's happening. Why do I want to wear a Harvard sweatshirt? And I I sat there and thought about it. But at the end of the day, you know, what does Harvard originally stand for compared to what is happening now? Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Keep Christ in Christmas and keep education in colleges and get the indoctrination out. Eden Gordon Hill, God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks again for the books. We'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Steve. Okay, take care. There she goes. Oh, she's always pleasant. All right, you're listening to State of the Nation. We've got a solid hour to go, and we will do that on TNT Radio right after this.